Hi, it's Ray and G. It's January 2nd, 2011. We didn't do the predictions on 1-1-11 because of technical difficulties, but we're back. And, um, boy, do we have predictions. Weather, water, welfare, war, you, you name it, we're going to see it somewhere along the line. Now, the first thing I have to tell people is that one of the reasons for this podcast isn't just to scare people or... Um, it's not a gloom and doom thing. It's being ready and being prepared and looking at reality, understanding what's really going on around you. We are um, encircled with an energy that is uh, rapid and jumps back and forth between negative and positive, and um, it has a lot to do with the cycle of the Earth and the many millions of years that it's been cycling and the universe and the sun that we that we move around even the sun is going to react this year you're going to see lots of problems with gps's and cell phones and other communication um, devices especially the uh, the smartphones and the, the three and four g networks because of the sun not because of any government intervention but because of the sun the sun is in a cycle of um throwing off its energy bubbles that it needs to do um you know if you put everything into the context of being human which is not always the best thing to do but if the sun was human and it's constant it's always there and everything is spinning around it all the time it's in its orbits whether the sun wants it to be or not it once in a while has to throw off its own energy and just say i can't i want i need to be alone or i want to get rid of some stuff or I need to clean house or whatever it is. So it's going to throw off some energy. Um, it's, it's a sunstorm, basically, during the year, starting probably around March or April. And you'll see communications just go nuts at different times, and you won't know why. And everybody will come up with conspiracy theories and think it's because of the FCC or some government somewhere or whatever. And I can't say that the governments won't take advantage of it. They'll either use it for a fear device to make sure that they get something else they want or um, use it as a crisis so that they can implement things that we don't want them to implement, whatever. But be aware of it. It's going to happen. Um, also, out in California in the Midwest and the Seattle area, you're going to see things happening big time because of... Uh, well, you know the energy on the West Coast has been kind of strange anyway. And for those of you who listen to me from California, Nevada, Washington, Oregon, and up through to Alaska, uh, you know that there is this huge, huge um, split in the way people see things, their perspectives, their lifestyles, their ideals, um, their histories. And that all causes more energy, and that energy does get churned up. And it goes across the Pacific and from the Atlantic and goes around and comes back through the Pacific and causes a lot of things to happen. So the mudslides that you saw in California a few weeks ago before Christmas um, are probably nothing compared to what you're going to see coming up. And I'm almost ready to say that with all the things going on in the Seattle area, that it is about time for um, uh, earthquake activity up there with tsunami-type activity following it. So be aware of it. Be ready. Be prepared. Um, know what you need to do if something like that does happen. 
in the Midwest, we're also going to see some um, activity, earthquake activity that hasn't been seen before. And I said this last year, and it happened. I said it the year before, and it happened in different places. Um, because the, the Earth is adjusting, and then because of the sun doing its thing, we've got so many powerful forces working against each other and with each other, trying to do whatever they need to do for their souls, that um, that we shift, and they have to shift to survive. So there will be um, things going on from Nashville to Chicago, through Buffalo to Toronto, uh, St. Louis to Philadelphia. There's going to be things that happen that, that you don't think affects anybody else but you, or you don't think it affects you because it's everywhere else. But, you know, there was an earthquake in near Nashville um, almost 200 years ago that rang the bell in Philadelphia <laughs> and rang chimes in New York City. That's how strong it was. Um, so it did affect people in a much larger circle than what we usually think of. And we are going to see that. Now, as far as the Gulf Coast goes, the Gulf Coast is in trouble, whether anybody's telling you the truth or not. Um, the bottom of the Gulf is dead. The BP oil spill and the not the not the oil spill. The oil spill would have been fine, uh, and, and in relative terms, the oil would have settled to the bottom or risen to the top if they had gotten rid of more of it and done what they're supposed to do. You know, weeks before they finally tried to do anything, if they allowed other people to come in to do what they were supposed to wanted to do, um, there wouldn't have been a major problem. But they instead sprayed the chemicals. It's um, a real leftist thing to do, isn't it? Go out there and spray chemicals everywhere. And the chemicals depressed the oil to the bottom of the Gulf floor. Um, it has risen many times since. There's lots of tar bowls along many of the beaches, but there's no reporters telling you anything about it. But scientists have looked at the bottom of the Gulf many times since then. This was all last May already. And um, basically the bottom of the Gulf is dead. Now, you add some other problems to that. Uh, off the coast of Florida, for instance, the red lionfish, um, which is a predator on some of the good little fish that eat the things at the bottom of the sea, um, is was got loose during Hurricane Andrew, which was how long ago, 20 years ago? Um, an aquarium was blown away by the hurricane, and oh, maybe a dozen of these red lionfish got into the ocean, and now they have reproduced, and they're everywhere, and they're eating everything they can find. Um, there's birds falling out of the sky in Arkansas, blackbirds all of a sudden falling out of the sky. Now, some people thought that was because of tornadic activity. That could be. They could have been caught up in a tornado. But it's happened before when there was no tornado. Um, some scientists believe it's from stress, that you add the tornado that went up through the Midwest last week um, for New Year's, and add that to the fireworks that went on, and the birds got stressed out and all had heart attacks. You see, they fly in flocks, so birds of, of a feather, you know, flock together. And they also feel the same things. That's why you'll see birds that, that aren't even paying any attention to what's going on. They're, they're eating or whatever, and there's maybe 20 birds in a yard, and all of a sudden they all fly. They all take off because they one knew what was happening or that there was a hawk in the area or somebody was walking or a human being was coming. And they all felt it. They felt it and they left. Um, and they panic and they go. So if 10 blackbirds felt the stress of a tornado and 10 felt the stress of fireworks and 
and 10 feel the energy of the center of the United States. Um, that's 30 out of a thousand that, that all of a sudden react. And so the other, you know, well, I think there's actually more than a thousand, but the other, all the other ones reacted too. And they just fell from the sky. Most of them dead. Some, a few alive, but most of them dead. That's not going to be unusual. The animals and the, the birds and, and the fish around us are here for a reason. And, um, birds in particularly are, are in particular are, um, messengers. And blackbirds, crows, um, starlings sometimes. But they are the, the real messengers. I mean, they, they will stay in one area and they'll flock together. And when they know something's happening, they try to tell us one way or another that there are things going on we need to be aware of and, and they're dangerous. Or they sometimes are messengers. I, I, when I was first moving down to Alabama and had such a problem with deciding whether I should come or not, um, I'd go back and forth every day and say, okay, I need to go. All right, I know I'm supposed to go. And then the next day is like, no, I don't want to go. I have other things here and blah, blah, blah. And then I get slapped in the face and get told to go again. And I had a mission I was supposed to be doing, and I, I wasn't sure what it was because I couldn't hear it. Um, and then one day I just went out on my porch up in Buffalo, and I asked God. And I said, you know, show me something that tells me that I'm hearing what I need to hear correctly that I am supposed to go for some reason. And I even know, I don't know what the reason is that I need to trust that reason. And um, within seconds, a large crow flew by and dropped a feather right at my feet. And I picked up the feather and said, thank you, because that was the messenger. It's like, you're hearing things right. You, you, It is a problem. You should be torn about leaving where you are and where you're going, but you have to have the faith and you have to have enough faith to know that that you're being told to go for a reason and to just go and and trust that and so i packed up and left so they are the messengers um uh i haven't seen a lot of um shark activity which usually tells me about hurricanes much in advance although i have seen shark activity in places that there just obviously can't be a hurricane but who knows anymore you can have a hurricane in the middle of the of the Arctic, as far as I know, um, it's up to God and nature, not me. But but we are going to see things coming out of the Gulf again that are not good. I mean, the economy in the Gulf is totally shot because of Obama. He put a moratorium on uh, a, a supposedly temporary moratorium on on drilling, and then allowed the Chinese and the Russians to go ahead and drill for oil. And George Soros, of course, to drill for oil, um, and then kept the moratorium. And it's, it's still on. There are some people, there are some rigs out there that are still drilling, in spite of the fact that they're being subpoenaed every day to court, because they know that this is, you know, the, they've been in the Gulf for for six generations, and they're not going to stop doing what they're doing. And I don't blame them. I mean, you know, why are we giving it away to China and Russia? Why is it okay for them to drill and maybe cause a massive oil spill, but we can't? Well, you know the answer to that. You know what's going on with this administration and the oil companies. Obama's father was was messed over by an oil company before he was um, finally silenced by being murdered. And um, so he's not going to allow oil companies to do anything for the United States. 
it's this old little boy stuff that's still going on. So you're going to see more happening in the Gulf because it's going to get, um, people are going to get desperate. The Gulf Coast residents all the way from Texas to Florida are, there's hundreds of thousands of them and, and they need to work and they need to do the work that they've done all their lives, which is, which is fishing and, um, you know, commercial fishing and, uh, the tourist industry. And as things, as other things I'm going to talk about continue to happen, of course, their lives are going to get more miserable and people get frustrated and, um, and they start acting like the sun. They start throwing off a lot of energy. So uh, that's part of what's going on with the weather. Um, we also have a water thing that's going to happen. You're seeing uh, cluster cancers in kids, places all over the country, well, probably all over the world, but we don't hear about all of them. Um, there's two reasons for, for cluster diseases to happen, the main two reasons. Usually it begins with the water. And um, whatever is in the water from the runoffs and the, the, the deposits and the dumping that has gone on in that area. And people still are not listening to me after years. I've had a whole house water system for 12, four, 12 years now, um, which means it cleans the water like the earth cleans water when nobody's messing with it so everything is sparkling clear with no chemicals it's not reverse osmosis that only removes fluoride and is a waste of money it's a whole house system that has seven different layers in it um, uh, and absolutely cleans out more than 750 chemicals most people won't do it they haven't done it even when they could afford it they didn't do it we we by coming off our website have provided almost half price um, for this thing for years and still people won't do it. They rather wait till all their kids get cancer or their whole family gets sick like they did in Aaron uh, Brockovich. You're seeing levels of, of um, dangerous chemicals in our food, in our water, in the land, in the air around us that are, are ten times worse than what you saw in Aaron Brockovich with Hinkley, California. California people are going to get sick. Their water is bad. And now they're not going to have the money to do what they need to do to clean that water. So they, they need to be doing other things. They need to, to take charge of their own lives, of their own health, and stop waiting for welfare from the government to take care of them and do it for them. Um, but that's also going to be impacted by the money problem. and and. As then we'll go on to the welfare part, the weather, water, welfare. California is going to collapse. So is New York, probably also Illinois. Those are the three states in that order that are going to have a financial collapse and ask for bailouts that the government will not and can't do. Um, and with a new Congress, the 1112, which to me this is very indicative of the changes that are going to happen because the year 2012 is the year 2012, and they are um, labeled the 112th Congress, but you break that down as 1-1-12. So January 1st of 2012, you will truly see the impact of everything that has happened from this Congress. But um, they know that they should not and can't afford to give California, you know, a trillion dollars because they're economy is collapsing. The reason their econ there's two reasons their economy is collapsing. 
One is their pension funds because of the unionization of California, which everybody says is a positive thing. Well, yeah, if you have somebody in your family who's part of a union and they make more money than the guy next door who isn't, you think that's great. But we're all paying for that, and the guy next door is too, so that that person in your family can have all the benefits and the higher wages. And what's happened is the union bosses, the union heads, have invested or used or spent or abused all the money from dues that was supposed to go into the pension funds, and um, and there aren't any pension funds. So when all the union workers, and there's two, there's more in California and New York than anywhere else in the country, find out that they have no pensions, no benefits, and they're going to get cuts, you'll see what um, Francis Fox Piven wants to happen happen. She is calling for massive chaos on the grassroots level, um, that people should be in the streets burning cars and breaking windows and, and rioting. And eventually that's probably what they're going to do because there's no money left. We're broke. Okay. When California does collapse, it's going to affect things worldwide, not just California. So if you're anti-California and you say, screw them and all that, um, if you're in Texas or Connecticut or Idaho, it's going to affect you too. If you're in China, if you're in France or Germany or Britain, it's going to affect you because they are the eighth largest economy in the world, not in the country, in the world. So when their economy does collapse, it affects dollars and economies um, globally, which will, their collapse will, of course, force the dollar even lower. Um, and as the dollar collapses, New York's going to collapse. They have a new governor now who, who believes that the whole thing that's happened with New York State is a joke at this point. Um, uh, governor Patterson is leaving office and giving it to Andrew Cuomo. I was living in New York when his father was, was governor. It wasn't easy, but it was at least I knew what he was doing and why. Um, but so Andrew Cuomo has a big task ahead of him because... The pension funds are insolvent in New York, and you get all of those union workers in New York suddenly upset that they're not going to get their pensions or their checks are going to get cut or they're going to have to lay people off, and you're going to see things happen like what happened during the snowstorm. Um, if you don't believe it's true, it is true. I just know too many people who watched it happen that they were told to slow down to to, um, to protest and not clear the snow. Well. They're now liable, as far as I'm concerned, for two deaths at least, if not more. Two little children who died from negligence on the uh, street department's um, watch because they were told to not clear the streets. Well, then the emergency vehicles couldn't get through to these children who were in trouble. That just really fries me to even hear that. I mean, I, I lived up in Buffalo for many years where the snow was ten times higher than it ever got in New York. Um... And we sometimes had snowplow problems, you know, depending on who was in office. Nobody ever did a slowdown. But if there were problems, of course, with clearing the streets, we all got out there and cleared the streets. That's what we did. I guess that's why they call Buffalo the city of good neighbors. We didn't wait and, and bitch and moan and say the snowplows haven't come. You saw all these people standing around in the streets in New York. Well, you know what? Some of the stores there should have said, here's a shovel, borrow it for an hour, and go, go shovel the street. Go shovel the streets and let the emergency vehicles through so that people don't die, so that fires don't burn down buildings, so that babies don't have to sacrifice themselves for everybody to learn a lesson. That be being said, that doesn't mean that the 
the street department shouldn't have been aware and that the mayor, Bloomberg, who was more, more intent on making sure there's mosques everywhere and getting paid off by unions, shouldn't have done what he was supposed to do. I mean, he should be removed from office. I don't understand New Yorkers voting for him. I don't get it. I know that there's payoffs. I know he pays people off and he's a rich man and um, that's just more corruption that goes on. But it shouldn't happen and New Yorkers should be stopping it if they can And when I say, if you can, you can. You know, the, the power of the vote is one thing. The, the, your voice is still there even when it's not voting time. And um, the Cloward-Piven approach to, to the collapse of the United States is working very well in the New York area already. And it's going to work in the California area and then, of course, in Illinois where Rahm Emanuel is very well set up to become the mayor of Chicago and that's a powerful position to be in with the, with the uh, exchanges there, commodities, commodities exchanges. The reason that he wants to be mayor of Chicago isn't because he loves the city, it's because he needs to be there to continue this corruptive corruption and fraud that's going on with cap and trade and the commodities and futures and all that stuff. Um, so Chicago and the rest of Illinois is in big trouble. And there will probably be riots in the streets like you haven't seen since, I, I don't think, ever before. At least nobody who's alive now. Um, we've seen things in L.A. before. We've seen things, you know, um, when certain groups get together to, to protest um, the World Banks or the G2 summits or whatever. But this will be on a scale a hundred times worse than that. Because people have, they don't know what else to do. You're seeing a lot of suicides. You're seeing people killing their kids um, because they're, they're frustrated and, and they see no hope. And, of course, one of the reasons for all that is the absence of God in their lives. And um, because if you have God, you, you never, you can't kill your kids. <laughs> you can't really kill anybody um, because God's in your heart. You can't do it. So there is an absence of God. Uh atheists and anti-God people and anti-Christians and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're the ones who end up being the first um, to kill their children and kill themselves or try to kill other people out of frustration. <clears throat> then we also have the drug problem, of course. And that's not just illegal drugs, it's legal drugs. More of our children are on medications than have ever been. Um, Two-thirds of children between the ages of, of 6 and 17 are on some kind of regular medication, whether that's antidepressants or um, asthma medication or whatever. They're on medications because nobody cared enough to, to, you know, take care of their diets, take care of their mental health, their emotional health, their spiritual health, um, to raise their children correctly and help them cope with the changes in the world. We weren't brought here to live a, a you know an easy life, um, in those terms anyway. You know you shouldn't be praying to make your life easy. Just pray to make sure that you're strong enough to go through it. Just like when you got born, you think that was an easy trip, you know, down that canal. It wasn't, but it's part of becoming human is that you're strong enough to do it, and you find out that you can. And and the satisfaction that comes from knowing that you are capable, that you. 
can change, that you're, you can become stronger, that you are capable of doing things you never thought you could do, because in your head you were told you couldn't, but you find out when you go back to your heart, your soul, and to your God, that you can do just about anything that you set your mind to. So we don't need all the drugs, but, but people are on them. And, um, you know, pregnant women are still taking drugs when they're pregnant, and the kids are coming out with problems, and that's not fair. If you read book two of Forget the Cures, Find the Cause, you'll see all the things you should be doing before you even think about having a baby. But back to the drugs. Um, one of the things that you'll see once the the uh, the dollar collapses some more and our economy gets into a spiral, the first thing that will happen is people will rush to the hospitals and steal the drugs and then try to black market them on the streets um, because they know that people need them to, or believe that they need them to survive. So the hospitals will get cleaned out real quickly. And, you know, to me, in my mind, half of that's a good thing. It's like, you know what, learn that you can live without these things. On the other hand, people are so dependent, I don't know if they can without freaking out somewhere. But um, that's so that's going to happen. We're going to have a food crisis for sure. I mean, you've got to think about out of the box because it's interesting to me when I talk to people around me who are, are pretty aware of what's happening in the world and they're intelligent people, they're educated people. And I'll say things to them like, you know, you really should get a solar generator. And they, because if the dollar collapses and um, electricity gets rationed, or there's chaos and and weather chaos, and you don't have electricity, you can't do a whole lot anymore. You can't communicate. You can't cook. You can't do hardly anything. And um, they'll come back and and say, well, uh, I've, I had a gas generator, or I've got a gas generator. And I and I just look at them. It's like, okay. Let's say the dollar collapses and gasoline is $15 a gallon and you can't get to a gas station anyway <laughs> because you don't have any gas and um, your money doesn't mean anything. You can't go swipe your car at the gas station and fill up your gas can and come back and put it in your generator and run the house lights and or the heat or the, or the air conditioner or whatever you need to run because it just doesn't work that way. And then I talk about food. I say, now what have you done to stock up on food? Well, I've got, you know, a week's worth of food. Great. Then what? Then I'll go to the store and get some more. And that's not going to work either because if gasoline is $15 a gallon or $30 a gallon and or the dollar isn't worth anything, it's only worth 47 cents now. Um, and it's, if so if it's not worth anything, um, who's going to deliver the food? The truckers who are on strike and the unions who are down in out in L.A. or Chicago, burning down buildings and destroying police cars. They're not going to deliver it. <clears throat> Where's the food going to come from? How's it going to get on the shelves? And how long do you think it's going to take <laughs> before you run to the government and say, help us, help us, and there's bread lines and, and soup lines everywhere? Um, I don't want to stand in those lines. So I have told people, I say, okay, right, you guys told them months ago, just like Glenn Beck did, <clears throat> because inflation is happening right before your eyes, but you don't know it. You don't know that when you go to the store every week, and you, the women do. I think women do more than men because they do more of the shopping. Um, and they run most of the household budgets, so they understand what's going on. That If you went to the store a year ago and bought exactly the same things that you bought today, it cost you half as much. That's how much things have, have gone up. And it lasted longer because the quantities uh, within all the packages have been lowered. 
so that the prices don't have to go as high so that you don't get scared. So in other words, if you used to buy a 12-ounce box of something for $2, you're now buying an 8-ounce box of something for $2.25. And you say, well, 25 cents, that's not so bad. But you're getting 4 ounces less than you got before. And that's going to continue until um, until it can't. So there won't be food on the shelves, but even if you do find the food, it's going to cost you more than what it did before. And if the dollar doesn't mean anything, what are you going to buy it with? Okay, so you've got basic survival things that you have to think about. What about water? Well, water's everywhere. We can always get water, but the water is tainted very badly in everybody's backyards. And tell me you have a well, and it's great, but... Um, I'll tell you to go check it every five minutes. It'll change. And that is not great because they don't check it for all the 700 chemicals that are in there. They only check it for certain things. And um, those things that aren't being checked are, are covering your body when you bathe in the water and soaking your internal organs when you drink it. Um, so what are you doing about that? What we have here, and they aren't pretty all the time. They try to make them pretty, but we actually have rain barrels. Remember the old west where you used to see the rain barrels where they caught rainwater? They did that for a reason. Not just to water the crops, but to water themselves. Because the city didn't provide it. The federal government didn't provide it. There weren't water lines yet. There wasn't a lot of pollution. So they drank rainwater. And the rainwater wasn't as polluted either. Um, so they had rain barrels. Well, they make these plastic, basically hard plastic rain barrels now that will catch the rain from your downspout, from your roof, whatever it's going to catch it from. And you can attach hoses to the bottom and water your plants. Or you can look to the future and think out of the box and say, if we're out of water, at least we have rain barrels that have water in it. Now, is that water polluted? Well, probably. It comes down through the air or off your roof. It's not going to be particularly clean. It's going to be cleaner, actually, than what comes out of the ground now. Um, but, so, you get a zero, uh, zero water pitcher, and you take the water from the barrel and you run it through the pitcher, and you drink that water. You can probably bathe in the water, because if you're out in the rain, you're getting just as much of the chemicals from the sky as you would uh, from the barrel. But... <clears throat> So you need some rain barrels. And um, if you're in the city, of course, that's much harder. And they would like the government, our particular government right now would love it if everybody would get off the land. They're buying up land everywhere across the United States, and they're doing it behind closed doors without you knowing it because of the New World Order Agenda 21, uh, which has been out there for some time. But look up Agenda 21 on the Internet. Uh, for what their plans are. They want everyone to be in one area with high-rises. And um, the land, we don't want to hurt the beetles or the ants. We want to make sure that they have enough room to, to roam. So we're going to put everybody in high-rises. And um, if you survive there, you do. If you don't, you don't. So people in cities have a little harder trouble with, with gathering water. And I wish somebody would come up with... Um, some good ideas about that, but I think what's going to happen is, and we've already said that about our children, all of us around here, is if they live in a city and it gets too bad, they're going to have to come to us because we're not in a major city on purpose. 
And eventually, when their dollars aren't working or they lose their jobs and don't have any dollars and don't have water, they're going to have to find a way back home. Um, and maybe that's one of the lessons of all of this, is everybody's going to have to come back together to rely on each other. Um, so anyway, you need you need the rain barrels, you need the, the zero water pitchers. They're not the best, but they're better than Brita. Don't use Brita. Brita will... will uh, inject something into their filters that affects your joints. So don't use them. Um, you should get a solar generator. Now, we've offered solar generators off our site for, again, two or three years now, if not longer, that save you more than $600. It's a basic little generator um, with one panel. You put the panel out, it powers up the generator, and you go plug in your, your appliances when... You have a problem. It's 1,800 watts of energy for several hours, so you you can you have to change the way you live. Of course, you might not be able to be on the computer for 12 hours. You can go on for one, and communicate with whoever you can, and plug in the television and and watch what's going on in the cities. Um, you should have one of those crank up emergency radios that you never need batteries for. You just you you turn the crank, and you can charge your cell phones, and you can listen to the radio and um, until it dies, and then you crank it again. And you can get one of those cheap right now. In fact, you can um, usually if you subscribe to Newsmax, which is kind of cheap, you can get one of those radios. But they're available everywhere. Um, so you need one of those. You need. Um, a whole house water system if you can afford it. And and for those who can't, this is one of the lessons is coming home. It's coming back together and uh, relying on each other more than we're relying on the government or money. Uh, remember, it's in God we trust, not in dollars we trust, not in Obama we trust. It's in God we trust. He thinks our national motto is e pluribus unum, uh, out of one many. That's and he even said that uh, that our national motto is that not in God we trust, but um, it is in God we trust, and that's what we have to remember. And that there's there's a God in all of us. There's part of God in all of us, and we have to find that part of us again that allows us to understand that we're part of a community, part of a flock, and that one when ten of us feel something, the other thousand will too. If ten of us fall from the sky, the other nine hundred. And 90 also will fall. The birds are teaching us. The earth is teaching us. What we need, we need to come together. So if you can't afford a house water system, um, there are people who have them. So go help them do other things. Go help them collect water. Go go help them uh, plant food. Go help them store food. Help them distribute food. Um, help them figure out food storage. Help them... Uh, figure out how to do more solar generation or something that you can help do because you can't do the water so that we can start sharing what we're able to do to survive and not um, uh, rely on the government to pass out bread and and whatever else they're going to maybe pass out until it's gone. Remember when some governments, when, gov when the government can give you everything, it can also take everything away. And when they use other people's money which they are, they're using ours. When that money runs out, there is no more. And they can tell you they can print some more. But that printing of money is based on trust. 
not just in God we trust, but in the world and the global economy, it was trusting that there was something to back this up, an economy to back it up, a premise of, of freedom and democracy and a republic that that believed in the free market system to back up that currency. And um, now places like China and Japan don't believe in that currency anymore. And why should they? We have a government who's trying to destroy it. So, uh, you know, things, and it's called currency. So right currently, our currency is almost worthless. And um, I would say in the next 15 days, through the to the middle of January, you're going to hear little bits and pieces of things happening, but you're not going to hear the big stuff until it really slams down and hits you. And when it does hit, it's going to be overnight. So what do you do with your money? Well, if you haven't been able to buy gold or silver, and everybody could have if they'd listened for the last five years, because when you had an extra $10, you could have put that away to buy some silver. Um, silver's up 74%. Gold is up 179% from two years ago. So if you'd paid attention, you'd at least have, you know, that much more gold or silver on hand. Um, And then people say, well, what do I do with it now? I've got it all under my bed. Well, (laughs) and they feel like they don't have any money because they don't have their dividend checks coming in or they don't have the interest off their savings accounts or whatever. Well, when everything hits the fan, you take one little tiny silver piece to the store and you'll come home with twice as much as you would now with a dollar and um, or you go turn it in for uh, a service and it'll be twice as much as what you'd get now for a dollar more than twice as much three times as much in silver Um, you can still do it it's getting higher and higher so if you're not doing it now it's going to cost you more but know that you're trying to plan for the future. And if you're over 50 or 60 years old and you're listening to this, you have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren already to be thinking about the other generations. It's very Native American of me to say that. But Native America, the first thing that you do as you become an adult and an elder is understand very deeply that you're responsible for the next seven generations and that you need to be doing those things in your life and those things with people around you that will ensure that the next seven generations survive and survive strongly. So if that means that you sacrifice your stuff, your little time, your golf days, your uh, beach days, whatever it is, so that you can do one more thing to help that next generation, then you need to do that. That's your responsibility. It's your duty. You've lived your life. Is it done? No. You, You get to live as an elder for as long as you want. Um, and really, if you're taking care of yourself and you're healthy, you can live as long as you want. So you're 40, 50, 60 years old. You need to come into that period in your life where you say, it, uh, I've had a good life. And I, I have done all the things I think I can do. Now I, I'm an elder. I don't just provide wisdom to my children or my spouse or go have a good time at the golf course every day. I have a job to do. And that's teaching younger people. It's you know, podcasting, it's writing books, it's doing whatever you need to do to get the education out there to help others who still don't have a clue um, understand that that we are human on a planet that is changing rapidly and that everything on the planet, from animals to birds to people, are going through those changes too. 
And because of that, we're going to have chaos. And you need to survive in that chaos. So you need to get back into the basics and the groove of things. What do you need? You need the four elements. You need fire, water, earth, and air. Okay? So where are you going to settle? If you are settled in the city, find some friends, go make friends in a place that isn't in the city so that if things get bad and you need to leave, you've got a place to go. If you are going to fight this and you and you are a warrior of sorts and you, you know that when push comes to shove and the pitchforks come out that it's not going to be pitchforks, you need to get together with those people who are like-minded and say you're going to meet in Dallas or the four corners of the United States or ten different cities to help fight off the tyranny that's coming. Um, if you have family members, you need to know that, that you know, used to be in the old days, everybody stayed at home until they got married. Um, they lived in the same town forever. All the families got together all the time. That hasn't happened in, in a generation or two now. People started leaving in my generation. And the newer generation is like, yeah, family, yeah, yeah. And then they just want the job. So they'll go to where the job is. You know, and if they can fly home, great. Or they can take the train or the bus or ride home in the car. Everything's great. Um, they often don't have time to do it. They're too busy working. But that's all coming to a head. Uh, and we're being taught a major lesson that maybe all the work and the money isn't as important as getting back home. And if you're living your life as a human being, isn't that what you're trying to do anyway, is get back home? You know, home isn't on earth. Home is back where God is. And we're all trying to get back home. We're trying to survive, but we are trying to get back home. So you need to be thinking internally and feeling internally um, what's happening and how you're going to survive and get there. How do you get back home? How do you not fall out of the sky like the blackbirds? Uh, I've given you some ideas. There's a lot more, of course. I mean, when you go buy food now, because, because of inflation and because of the value of the dollar, like I, all of our family is doing this. If you buy one can of soup, buy two. If you buy, you know... Um, my mother loves her Maxwell House coffee, so I told her to start buying two at a time. She can't necessarily afford that, but now she sees, after several months, that the coffee has gone up enormously. So she's still buying two until she can't, because she loves her coffee. She's 86. She says, if I have nothing else, I'm going to have my coffee every day. Okay. So that's her choice, you know. Um, when it's gone up from seven fifty nine or something to $12 in the last two years, don't you think they know that you rely on your coffee? Absolutely. Okay? So you need to be buying two or three of everything. Now, is it going to go bad if nothing happens, which, you know, I pray I'm all wrong about everything? Um, no, it won't go bad. You watch for the expiration dates, and if nothing bad has happened, you pull the front and you add to the back. You pull the front and you add to the back. Have a soup. Go out and get another can of soup. Have some, uh, you know, cereal and go out and get another box of cereal. Uh, crackers, go get more crackers. But you just keep refilling and stocking uh, because we're not wrong, unfortunately. I, you know, no matter what anybody does, even this new Congress, and I'm, I'm uh, very much behind John Boehner and what he's going to try to do in the House, but the damage has been pretty extensive. And they can cut uh, 500 million here and a billion over there and a billion down there. They can stop another 800 billion from being spent. But we're 14 trillion dollars in debt. 
and that means, <clears throat> I don't know what it is, a billion dollars a day in interest or something like that. We can't pay it off because we're not manufacturing anything. We have no true revenue. Um, if they can uh, repeal Obamacare, that will save us a lot of money and a lot of lost jobs. If they can stop cap-and-trade and the EPA from their power-grabbing, that can stop the loss of a lot of jobs. If they can stop the amnesty that's going on, that will stop the loss of a lot of jobs. I'm sorry, Mexicans. You know, I know your life is bad. But don't run over here and look for handouts. Do what we have to do here now. Join together and figure out ways to survive, and you go after those drug cartels, and you destroy them. You can do it. You've got millions of people over there, we know, because they're all coming here. You know, 15 million illegal immigrants. Well, 15 million armed immigrants in Mexico could change Mexico. They don't run here looking for handouts and cheap jobs and, and uh, uh, Social Security and free education. Don't do that. Go save your country. Um, Anyway, so we're going to, you know, we're going to try to survive, and I'm going to try to help you do that. Um, go to my Facebook page, because I do a lot on Facebook these days because of the massive number of people who can um, communicate with each other and, and educate each other and um, support each other in all the things that are happening. But also go to Earthwalk, E-A-R-T-H, Earthwalk, one word, dash USA. That's us, United States of America. Com. <clears throat> you can get the podcasts here. You can share them. You click on water and learn about water. You can click on the generator and get $600 off. Um, you can talk to the healthy water man and watch my, my uh, or listen to my podcast from several years ago that he uses on his video to learn more about water and, and do what you need to do about that. Um, there's a new page called 2011 which you can click on, and I'm going to be adding to that on a regular basis starting yesterday on the strategies that people are looking at to to at least ch try to change um, some of the terrible things that have happened in the last two years. Uh, anyway, there's lots of things to learn. You can also click on the books. Forget the Cures, Find the Cause book one and two. When you do that and you buy those books, one dollar from each sale, goes to the Wounded Warrior Project, which we'll have more and more of as Afghanistan continues and, and other things happen, where um, our military comes home you know, lim with limbs missing or eyes that can't see anymore or whatever. And it helps them to maintain their families um, and, and get reoriented and get back into society. You know, it's interesting to me that our warriors, our veterans, and I'm a veteran from the Marine Corps, they come home and they're broken. They, you know, they're missing legs or they, they've been blinded or they're missing legs and arms or they can't walk anymore because their backs are broken and, sh and full of shrapnel. Um, they don't look for government handouts. They don't try to go on welfare. They have more self-respect than that. And all you people out there who are on welfare because you think it's cool, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Go look in the mirror. What kind of self-respect do you have? Our warriors come back and they say, you know, get me to where I can hobble, and I'll do everything I can to help others. And I'll go to work, and I want to. Or I'll go back to Afghanistan. That's what they do. That's what a warrior of God does. That's what a human being on this earth of, of constant changes and crises. That's what we do. We don't sit back because the union bosses tell us not to plow the streets. We get out and we shovel. 
and we feel everything that happens to each other, just like the birds do. That's what being human is all about. But if you're on drugs and you, you know, you have no self-esteem, you have no worth in this world. I guess you don't, you wouldn't understand that, but you wouldn't be listening to me anyway. So anyway, go to those places and um, and uh, know that 2011 is is the year. It is not a year. It is the year of the most massive changes, going up to 1112, 1112. This is Rainy G. Please spread the word. And thanks for listening.